We've got another full slate of games to look forward to, and luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus... They have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave the house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to DraftKings and check out their app along with all of their daily fantasy contests. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI, the letters SI, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 dollars only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street, and now he's teaming up with Bill Enright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy, presented by DraftKings. Yo, yo, what's up? Welcome inside the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Frankie Fatstacks, and Bill coming at you. We are past Super Bowl, getting into the offseason part of the year. We'll take a few moments out today to talk about some quarterback situations as we have the NFL draft and the offseason. I mean, excuse me, the NFL draft and free agency approaching. So what is the deal, fellas? What's going on with you, Bill? I'm doing all right, Corey. I'm gearing up for uh, some of our rookie profiles that we have coming out at Sports Illustrated. Michael Fabiano is doing a, a good job getting those uh, started. I think it's going to be a good rookie running back class, kind of like what we had last year. The quarterbacks, I think they're a little bit top-heavy with with Lawrence and Fields. We'll see what, what to make out of uh, Trey Lance and, and Zach Wilson. And then receivers, they're always deep in their draft, so... This year's rookie uh, wide receiver should be popular among fantasy players as well. So let me ask you this, Bill. When you say you're getting a rookie uh, running back, you're getting the rookie reports ready, what exactly does that entail? Yeah, so basically what what we're trying to do is just establish the the staples so far. So you got Travis Travis Henry, uh, Najee Harris, and uh, Travis Etienne from from Clemson and Alabama. And then, you know, you kind of introduce people over the time that maybe are not as familiar with college football. They only follow the NFL. But, you know, dynasty players and, and even redraft players, rookies are always so popular that it's good to establish this now because there's no NFL combine this year, right? I actually think the combine would have been happening this week. This weekend would have been the combine. Right. So there's no NFL combine this year. So I think the fans and the people out there, uh, whether you're an amateur or an experienced player, you're going to have to have a little bit more background information on these guys this this season because it is so unique. What do we got, Frankie? What's going on with you, my man? Well, same type of thing. I think uh, Bill is just – I think it shows uh, the difference between both of us. Um, he, he's already looking forward to NBA draft and, and NFL draft profiles, and I'm looking forward to the madness known as March Madness. So I'm looking more towards that hoops area. Bill skipping over that entire month of March, looking forward to April, which is a great time. Um, he mentioned some of those running backs, and I'm hoping that the New York Jets actually trade back um, in the New York in the in the draft, maybe with uh, the Atlanta Falcons at four, or maybe with Carolina at, at eight or nine, and you know can maybe get two of those players. I'm hoping maybe uh, a Devonta Smith or a Jamar Chase if the Jets trade it back to either four or nine. 
and then grabbing one of those running backs that Bill just alluded to, either Travis Etienne or Nigel Harris. I think that the Jets would be set for years to come if they can start to get some skill position playmakers on that offensive side of the ball. And if they can get two players of that ilk in the draft, I'm really looking forward to it. But I think that it may hurt Bill's rankings overall if one of those star running backs goes to a team like the New York Jets. Maybe they won't be so high on his rankings or Michael Fabiano's or anyone else's. It'll be interesting to see because these players, as we know, guys, you know, as the NFL teams make their moves into NFL drafts, oftentimes, especially over the last decade or so, the teams usually shy away and they're hesitant towards investing a first round investment on a running back because they feel that they can get those in later rounds. So it'll be interesting to see if one, if not both of those guys, maybe changes the landscape and the way of thinking. And perhaps like you guys alluded to, if there's no scouting combine this year, does that help or hurt players like those two elite running backs that have showcased themselves on the national landscape and are more on film than other players who sometimes burst out and become combine warriors and move up draft boards. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all really shapes out for uh, the upcoming draft. DK Williams was on, not DK Williams, DK Metcalf was actually a combine warrior. Hey, uh, Frank, I don't know what's going on with your microphone right now, but you're coming in pretty low. So if you can work on that right quick, that'd be cool. If not, we'll just figure it out in the back end. You know what I'm saying? All right. So I want to spend time today uh, talking about some quarterbacks, going through some quarterback situations as we get ready for all these different scenarios. Because obviously, in order to win in the NFL, it's a very quarterback-heavy uh, league. It's the most important position, probably the most important position in all the sports, period, when it comes to winning and losing. So um, I just want to go through here and look at some quarterback situations. And you know what? I'll start um, in Miami because, you know, might as well start with the AFC East, Bill. Is Tua the guy? I, I don't know if he is. They certainly drafted him as, as he was supposed to be. I thought they were going to be a playoff bound team when Ryan Fitzpatrick was under center. Then they, you know, Brian Flores made the questionable decision of, of pulling Fitzpatrick heading into their bye week, naming two of the starter. He looked, he looked good. He looked okay. I think he has a lot to develop still. And that's tough to judge um, any player on just a handful of games, five or six games, whatever he ended up starting. So I don't know if the Dolphins will use one of their two first-round picks, three in the top 36, on a quarterback. I, I think if they're going to stand firm and and, and believe in what they have in their player, kind of like um, what's going on with a few different teams in the NFL where they give these guys uh, one or two extra years, maybe more than they deserve. But at least with Tua, y- you have to at least see him in uniform for two full seasons um, be- before you make a decision. I think it would be would, premature to cut bait already. I would agree with that. Frankie's uh, in the same division, not not going to go to your boys, the Jets, going to head up to Foxborough. Obviously, Cam Newton was a, he actually, uh, was a, was a trending topic this week for other reasons. But you heard what that young man said. He said, you trash. You know what I'm saying? And for the most part, Cam Newton was trash this season. Um, I think it was something like eight touchdowns and ten intercepts. It was terrible numbers for Cam Newton. It looks like his best days are behind him. He says he can't see 32 quarterbacks in the league better than him. I think I can see 32 guys I'd rather give my starting job to than Cam Newton right now. What do you think happens in New England? I've heard the name Mac Jones. I've heard maybe possible you know, trade for somebody. Obviously, Carolina doesn't want Teddy Two Gloves. I think Teddy Two Gloves would be a nice fit up there in Carolina. What do you think, Frank? I mean, excuse me, up there in New England. 
What do you think, Frankie, the Patriots, your Patriots, <laughs> your arch-rival Patriots are going to do at quarterback in the offseason? Well, I hope that this uh, microphone is coming back in a little bit better for you guys yep. now. Uh, yep. Well, you know, to be to be honest, I mean, it pains me to say I'm an Auburn Tiger kid and I, I love Cam Newton. He brought us a, a national championship there. Even though I am a Villanova graduate, you know, growing up in the days of Bo Jackson, they made me a fan well before I attended uh, college on the main line down in Pennsylvania. So for me, I mean, it, it pains me to see the struggles that, you know, Cam Newton is going on after, you know, playing at such an elite level, winning a national trophy, making it to a Super Bowl, but unfortunately never, you know, getting over that hump and never really getting back to that, you know, that that pinnacle once again in his career. But for me, I still believe there's going to be a strong opportunity. I believe that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo actually goes back there. I still feel that if I had to put my money on something, it would be on a player like Jimmy G going back. And that coincides. I don't believe that would prohibit the Patriots from adding a guy like you talked about and alluded to in Mac Jones. So I, I could see both of those players being the players on the roster because I don't even believe that another former uh, Auburn Tiger, Jarrett Stidham, is the answer there as well. And I don't even know if he's even guaranteed a roster spot, you know, coming up in the 2021 season. I think that Bill Belichick may even want to try to move on from him as well. They may be a, a clearing of the entire Tiger house. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, Stidham is a player that I liked a lot coming into the draft. Stidham had some big-time wins in college when he was a member of those Auburn Tigers, as, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. But um, the fact that he really couldn't compete with Cam Newton this past year shows you that uh, a young man like that should be able to compete with Cam, and he wasn't able to get it done. Bill, I'm not going to go to Frankie for this one. I'll come to you so to keep it unbiased. It looks like Sam Darnold has seen his final days as the New York Jet quarterback. Do you think that second pick in the draft goes – draft a quarterback and where do you think is a possible landing spot for Sam Donald a couple things about Sam Donald right he's only 23 years old that's incredible considering you feel like he's been in the league for five or six years by now yeah, but Adam Gates been ruining people since he was 15 <laughs> he, you know he, he's young and, and you remember back to that draft class right Baker Makefield went first Saquon Barkley second Sam Donald third and then we saw Josh Allen Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson so a very talented quarterback class. And I think Sam Darnold coming out of college was just as good as Bayfield, just as good as, as Josh Allen, just as good as Lamar Jackson. So it, it, as all of a sudden, did we see the talent deteriorate? Or as you mentioned, did Adam Gase ruin this kid's early career? And I think it's more about Gase, less about Darnold. So wherever Darnold goes, I think it'll be a very interesting recovery, rehab, underdog story uh, for, from an NFL player perspective. Now, in terms of landing spots, I, I, I think if the Colts didn't work out a trade for Carson Wentz, that would have been an interesting spot for Sam Darnold. Chicago Bears, I think they're still in the mix. Denver Broncos could be in the mix, given the fact that I don't know how committed they are to Drew Locke. And if the Jets do trade away Sam Darnold, how many extra picks are they getting in the first or second round? They, they already have, they have three in the first round this year or two? Two, two this year, two next two, year. Right, two first-rounders this year, two first-rounders next year. I think they would be foolish to draft a wide receiver with either of those picks. If they're going to go after a quarterback, do it with that second pick, unless, of course, someone is really banging down their door to draft Justin Fields. Then all of a sudden you make a deal. Now you can end up with three first-round picks this year, four first-round picks next season. Then that, that, that becomes a game-changer for them. 
but they have to get rid of Darnold first and then see what happens with that second pick. I don't know if Justin Fields is the guy there at number two. I know he had a good career at Ohio State. We've seen other quarterbacks have good careers at Ohio State and then completely fizzle out in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins being the most recent one. He was a first-round pick in 2018, and he's not even on the team anymore. He's not, Washington cut him. So, <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's gone. He's, he's over. <laughs> he's gone. He's uh, it's over. So I, I, I hate to see that happen with Justin Fields. I know that the Jets revamped their coaching staff and they seem to be trending in the right direction. But how many times, Corey, have we seen the Jets make some offseason moves? We're saying they trend in the right direction and then come kickoff time, come when the action gets on the field. We just seen the same old Jets. All right. So, Frankie, I'll let you get in hand right here. I want to ask you about the Steelers, too, Frankie. But I'll let you get in hand and, and give a couple words on your Jets and, this, and, the, and what they got coming up this offseason as far as that position is concerned and Sam Donald. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you guys a quick little brief story that's actually go along with this, and it's kind of amusing. I actually got a phone call this morning from, get this, Florham Park, New Jersey. And I'm oh. like, I'm like, okay, what is this? And they're like, hi, we'd like to speak with you about the fact of possibly coming back and being a season ticket holder after 31, uh-huh. after 31 years, you're not a season ticket holder anymore for the last 12 years. You know, we'd like to know if there's anything we can do to get you back in the fold. And over the course of the conversation, and I said, well, listen, I, uh, unfortunately I don't live anywhere near there. It would be quite a commute for me to get back and forth, you know, and t- to be able to tailgate <laughs> on, on game day. Um, but this was the words that was told to me. Well, there's a lot of excitement in the, in the organization right now. You have to see everything that's happening. We have a new coach, and it's amazing with the new quarterback that we're going to be having. So interesting. I, so I was like, "Oh, so there's a new quarterback?" Like, "Oh, well, I, you know, it, it's just, you know, there's an, it's some a lot of, you know, it's just internal talk, and we don't know. We still love Sam and whatever, but it seems like the salesman may be actually privy to knowledge now. Was he talking about Deshaun Watson? Was he talking about Justin Wait, hold Fields? up, hold up. Wait, wait. Let's go over that again. You're telling me some season ticket holder, basically season ticket holder sales rep, basically called you up and said, we're going to have a new quarterback in 2021? That was the words that they used. They said, the excitement is building, a fresh new coach, the outlook around the building is amazing, and you're going to want to get back into the stadium because we have a new coach and a new quarterback. And I said, wow. well, and I said what's the new quarterback? I said, did Sam get traded? I said, maybe I missed it. I said, I'm on the West Coast, so maybe I'm three hours behind you. And he's like, oh, well, you know, we all love Sam. You know, we're just letting you know that there's excitement. There's going to be new players on all sides of the ball, and and our coach is going to be bringing in free agents. Like, he immediate, they immediately tried to backtrack it. I just thought it was funny. You guys are talking about That's it now. That's a story right there. And you know, know what, me. Is, is, it, though, is it really a story? Because I wouldn't be surprised if they're not telling some of the sales reps Hey guys, you know there's a strong possibility we're involved in conversations with the uh, with the with you know obviously the Texans because from what I heard the last I had heard from some of the people back home um, after working in a prof- for a professional sports league back there I still have some outlets that's still around some of the thing and they get obviously some inside scoops they say that the Houston Texans did not hang up on the New York Jets because the New York Jets did their due diligence and made an offer for Deshaun Watson. And from what they heard, now you, you could always hear different things. It was th- three ones, a third rounder, and Quinnen Williams for Deshaun Watson and 
the rights to sign Will Fuller. That's interesting. If I was the Jets, I'd have took that. I, I mean, I don't know though. I, I still, for me, I'm reluctant if, as the New York Jets, because they've they have so many holes on both sides of the ball. If you're now going to mortgage the future, that means that in either one, listen. Here's the thing that it breaks down for me is this is, the, and then I'll I'll just summarize it this way. If the New York Jets give up three first round picks, that means that unless you get a first round pick back for Sam Donald, which isn't guaranteed, that means either this year or next year the New York Jets who have holes on both sides will not be picking in the first round. And that would be a tough thing right there. But, like, obviously, it, uh, you know, listen, it, it costs a lot of money, to a lot of assets to get to Sean Watson. But I think it would be a welcome addition, even though, like you said, it takes a lot to pull that off. Bill, let's talk uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the owner says he wants to bring back uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger looked at shot halfway through this season. You know, they started out 11-0. And I think Roethlisberger had five interceptions during that time. I think the final five games where they lost four of their last five, he had like nine. So uh-huh. I, th- I think he almost doubled his amount of interceptions over the last five compared to the first 11. And that's what happens with a lot of these older quarterbacks. We saw it with Drew Brees, who got injured in the last two seasons, had to take o- over a month off fr- from injury. The only person it doesn't happen to, it's Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is the outlier. He is the exception. Not every quarterback is like that. Not every NFL player is like that. So when people come out and say, oh, well, Ben Roethlisberger is 38 years old, but Tom Brady's 43, you can't compare the exception to everybody else. Eli Manning has retired. Philip Rivers has retired. Ben Roethlisberger, the third quarterback in that 2004 uh, draft class, that, that was taken in the first round. I, I think he's next to retire. I know he's come out and said that he wants to play another year. I know the Steelers have a lot of work to do with his salary cap situation. They're going to have to restructure that baby if they wanted to bring him back. Because right now, they don't really have a replacement. I don't believe in Mason Isn't Rudolph. Mason? Isn't that Mason Rudolph? No, no. no. <laughs> what about the Duck, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> duck, duck, the duck Dynasty Hodges, that's not him either. And it's a shame because the Steelers' defense is so good right now. They have Chase Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is the other receiver. Eric Ebron's still young. Um, They have a good, a really good defense, good playmakers on offense. And if they let Ben go, I don't know how much this team can really become a playoff or remain a playoff contender. Um, They were absolutely a playoff contender the first 12 games. They were odds on favorite along with the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And then they completely fell apart after Thanksgiving. Yep, that is the case. That's played out for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Frankie. Let me go out there to your neck of the woods, Las Vegas with the Raiders. We're hearing that Marcus Mariota is the guy that a lot of teams has their eyes on, particularly the New England Patriots. And also, we're also hearing that Derek Carr may not be the favorite of one Mr. Uh, Gruden anymore. What are you hearing out there in Las Vegas about that situation with the Raiders and their quarterback? Yeah, I'm hearing the exact same type of thing, guys. It looks like to me, like what you're hearing right now is the opportunity for the uh, for Derek Carr not to be that starting quarterback, guys. I, I just, I, I actually, if I had to put money on it, whether Marcus Mariota is moved or not, I don't believe that you're going to see uh, Derek Carr under center week one taking the starting reps for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I really don't know what's going to be happening there. I mean, but it's, you're hearing a lot of rumblings out here that they, that, you know, Gruden is really looking to change that whole entire offense up. But, uh, you know, outside of, you know, he's got some skill. They Listen, they got some weapons, guys. We know that. Darren Waller is an absolute stud at the tight end position. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a, easily a top 10 running back in the NFL. 
And I think that the the sky is the limit for Henry Ruggs the third. So I mean, they have three skill position players and cornerstone to that offense in place. They just need to find the right guy under center to start getting that offense to move efficiently. I don't believe it's Mariota. I don't believe it's going to be either. Uh, you know, even Derek Carr as well. Guys, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, don't 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 you know easily dismiss the West Coast teams, both the Raiders. And the the 49ers, I'm hearing out here, both have interest in Sam Donald. I can see that being the case. Like like Bill mentioned, Sam Donald, only 23 years old, still got plenty of, you know, that. You know, listen, you can still coach him up. You can get that Adam Gay stank off him, and you can coach him up, especially at 23 years old. He's not Josh Rosen. I think Donald has a bright future ahead of him. You just got to get him out of the bad situation he's in right now. But when we hop over to the NFC, the football team has a decision to make. I think they would probably front with Cam Newton if Cam was out there, not as a starter. I don't think it's going to be Taylor, Tyler Henneke. I see he could play some games this year. Teddy Two Gloves apparently is going to be on the market because Carolina doesn't seem to like him. Um, So it's interesting. The football team may be a quarterback away from being the NFC East champions, but not with a losing record. No, and, and they have to find that quarterback first, right? Because we know that what we saw out of last year, it was Dwayne Haskins. Was Kyle Allen for a game or two? He, yeah, maybe uh, Kyle Allen yeah, got hurt. He broke his leg, did he? And and then, the Washington quarterbacks break their leg. Yeah, and then Alex <laughs> Smith and then Tyler Henneke. You can't have four different starting quarterbacks. They, they have to have just one. Yeah. And, and to go along with that defense, and especially the state of the NFC East, I think it is ripe for the taking for Washington to to repeat as division champs. Now, you mentioned they can't do it again with with a losing record. I think that's again. I said Tom Brady's an outlier getting to the playoffs with a losing record. I think that's an outlier as well. It just shows how bad the NFC East was last year. I don't know what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. What was Rivera and Cam Newton's relationship like? Didn't they end up? Didn't they? they cut- I thought they. Were, I thought they were cool, but I know Rivera didn't go after him last year. But last year, coming into the season, I remember. I remember I interviewed um Doug Williams. And they were like, they were, they were, they wanted Haskins to succeed. It didn't happen. Right. And then all the, you know, the, you know, the, the strip club without a mask and all of that stuff. So they had to part ways with him. You know what I'm saying? But I think he'll bring Cam in there if Cam needs a job. I thought they cut Cam. Cam didn't release Rivera? Cam. Yeah, but was Rivera still the coach there? When they released him, or was I don't he know. I, I think I think uh, I think I think the Rivera regime could have been over by then. Maybe. Oh boy, could Matt Rule could have been in there by then. Maybe I don't, you're right. I, don't Maybe. quote me on that. I don't remember that specifically. But I know I know Washington didn't run out to get him. They brought in Kyle Allen, Frankie. When you right. look at the when you look at some of these other uh, spots in the NFC, we think it's going to be the case in New Orleans with the Saints. Obviously, we see. Well, no. Before I, before we get to the Saints, let's stay NFC East, Frankie. There's a lot of rumors that the Eagles are going to draft a quarterback as well. This yeah, season, that, yeah, saying that, that they're going to need somebody to compete with Jalen Hurts. My thing is, didn't Jalen Hurts just win a quarterback competition? It's unbelievable. You want to know something? That's exactly what I'm hearing from all my boys back home. Uh, that's, you know, obviously you guys are even closer down there, you know, with uh, flooding the airways with WIP and a lot of the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, fan base radio shows. And it sounds like, you know, it's just continuing to gain steam 
that the Eagles and, you know, and how, and Roseman, Howie Roseman, I were looking to really, you know, go in that direction and draft another quarterback. That would be absolutely unbelievable if that happens. But yeah, that, that's, that's what the word is. And then they're going to say, battle it out. I mean, but I just, I don't understand. I thought that, you know, obviously the move in, in trading uh, Carson Wentz, I thought that, you know, that gave the ability of Hertz to go forward, but somebody somewhere in that organization must not feel like he is, you know, the future, but he's more of a, st- a stopgap measure, or maybe they want to use use him more of the way that uh, the Saints, who you wanted to, you know, eventually allude, you know, reference and talk about, you know, maybe that they want to use him like they do with the Swiss Army knife, you know, and and maybe you know only have him in, like come on the field for certain downs or situational type football. I don't know, but it is it is strange because that is one of the you know one of the real strong draft rumors that is really developing steam and gaining legs is that the Eagles are going to be looking to add a quarterback and not only add one in the draft, but add one in the first round perhaps. Yeah. With that, even with that six pick, which, which would be the wildest thing, Howie Roseman must have pictures of Jeffrey Lurie. He has to, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I don't, I don't understand some of the thing that goes on in Philadelphia and the man is still has his job. But let's get ready. Listen, we got all off season and, and plenty of time to talk about these quarterbacks, you guys. But, but, Bill, I wanted to get into something, um, especially with you being over there with bull market fantasy and on the street side and, and everything like that. Has the street done anything yet with this NBA top shot? Has it been something that's been discussed over there? Has it something that uh, Jim Cramer has, uh, has, has talked about? Because it, the, 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 it is becoming the rage right now in, in collectibles and, uh, and, and money flipping. You know, it's so funny while you're asking me this question, I'm, I, before we started this podcast, I had this article up on the New York from the New York Times. The headline: Why an animated flying cat with a pop tart body sold for almost six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. A fast growing market for digital art, inferior and media, is marrying the world's taste for collectibles with cutting edge technology. So th- these NFTs, these non fungible tokens, Corey, I know you're big with the uh, NBA Top Shots. Yeah, um, I- I've always been a card collector my whole life, and this is going to be the new form of card collecting. Card collecting is exploding now too, but these NFTs, they're so dynamic in what they can cover um, or, or what you can collect or, or, or buy or purchase wide range of, of different assets. I don't know if Jim, I'm going to have to text him because I don't know if Jim knows what's going on here with how popular these things really are. I know he's been focused on the market's been bad this last six days um, and it, including a, a big crash on Monday and Tuesday. So I know he's been focused on that. I know he's been talking a lot about Bitcoin. He has not weighed in on NFT, but I, I think you're right, Corey. I think this could be a new way, especially for people 35 and younger to invest their money because we've seen how valuable some of these digital commodities are, are, are really becoming. Yeah, I haven't put a single penny in, in, in Frankie, and uh, my account is is is, is worth like twenty five hundred dollars. I have not made a deposit into this thing yet. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, listen, it's one of those things you go down the rabbit hole, Frankie. You can get stuck in there forever. And obviously, you know, you come from the same era as me with the collectibles and the cards and stuff like that, Frankie. But not only do you seem like the NBA is having success with this and people are getting into it, it I my my guess is what I know for a fact: the UFC is going to have some NFTs coming up. My guess is if it's, I think we're going to start to see all the leagues get involved with stuff like this, Frankie. 
Yeah, it looks it definitely looks that way. Now, as you guys can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that we even, you know, Bill was talking about a, a dancing cat or whatever that was for six hundred thousand. I think on the NBA top shot so far, it's just LeBron James who, you know, he's topped the charts. I don't know if anybody has beaten it yet, but I think he sold for like two hundred and eight thousand a couple of nights ago for his, you know, for his digital card. And to me it's just this is all like mind boggling to me because I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I've been trying to like learn and educate myself more about it. But you're right. I mean, I hold, you know, a lot of uh, still I, I have like four or five Ken Griffey Jr., you know, eight, 1989 upper decks. I have, you know, his rookie cards. I have old Jordan cards. I have, you know, a lot of Shaquille O'Neal rookies. I have, you know, Alex Rodriguez rookies. You know, I have, you know, all that stuff. I have, George, you know, and I'm older, so I obviously have George Brett rookies and Ozzy Smith rookies and these things. And we know that those cards, because it looks like they were so plentiful and produced in such mass that the value of sports cards just absolutely collapsed. Because, you know, what I thought it would be worth when I was Junk collecting wax. in my yeah, exactly. What I thought was gonna be worth, you know, a lot of money in my teens, you know, all of a sudden those cards, you know, all hit rock bottom, you know, cards that were worth, you know, everyone thought maybe it would be worth forty, fifty thousand. Maybe you were thinking maybe like a nineteen eighty four Mark McGuire USA tops card. You're thinking that maybe you're sitting on a Mickey Mantle back in the day, you know, like, oh, who's the next Mickey Mantle or who's the next Honus Wagner? Because, you know, having actual concrete cards that you could hold and trade and collect, this digital way really takes out any of the opportunity or the misstep of really shipping things. There's no grading anymore. There's no imperfections. The card can never lose its value and, and being, you know, lost or it can't or, be damaged. It can't be damaged in any way. You're not paying additional money for any kind of PSA grading. Um, so, and then not only that, but you also lose the ability of having to worry about in these economic times or even struggling times for people to be, you know, wanting to have a big money transaction of an expensive card shipping it or, you know, having that issue of it being lost in the mail and insuring it or having a hand-to-hand or maybe perishing off a bit in a fire or an accident or something where you lose that giant collectible. So this definitely looks like it's the new age. I'll be interested to hear what Jim Cramer's thoughts are on this because for me so far, it looks like an unregulated market. So who is really setting the prices? What, what are the prices based upon? Because LeBron James had a bad game. The Lakers lost four out of the last five games, and his card, his digital card, sells for two hundred and nine thousand. So it wasn't based upon performance. So how are these digital markets on who's more or less adjusting the prices and setting their net worth? That's what well, I no, really don't understand. I, I don't think anyone adjusts the prices. It's just a, a it's supply and demand thing. Yeah, right, right. It's just a supply. You know, see, that's see, what digital stuff is becoming like this, and especially with minting stuff. Like, so, for example, we can take this conversation we're having right here and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to mint this. And you'd be like, you're crazy. And then somebody comes along and pays $500 for it. Not so crazy, right? right? And that's just where it is. Right. If, if somebody's willing to pay for it, Frankie, it, it is what it is. Well, you know well, what I'm saying? It, it, yeah, and, and you're right because it, it also helps, too, that you're getting professional athletes like my guy, Josh Hart, who went to Villanova yep. two nights ago, I believe it Twitch. was. Yeah, he actually showed himself opening his digital pack that he got one of the top shots and was rewarded and everybody was watching him opening the cards. So it also helps that you have star NBA players getting involved in this and opening their packs with a, you know, and a slow peel and getting everybody to follow them because now everybody's like, what did he get? What did he get? What is that? What is that? So, you know, it also helps that you have that. Once you have that kind of 
you know, personality behind it and you're going to get real current NBA players, both maybe even past ones. What are you going to do when Michael Jordan starts to open his cards? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Once they start to bring the Larry Birds and the Michael Jordans, yep. I, I, the, the rumor is that Shaq and Allen Iverson are going to be up next. I think you really could see this thing take off. So interesting conversation and things that we'll definitely be keeping an eye on throughout the course of the offseason. So get now, ready Corey. to get up. Go ahead. Before we before you say we're going to get get up out of here, I just want to say, uh, and I want to share this because I think it's important. This is your last week at Sports Illustrated. Uh-huh. You, you've taken a, a, another position at at um at NBC. We're all very happy for you. You know, uh, the fantasy and gambling industry. You and I have been doing this for a long time, yeah. and uh, I think we first met back in maybe 2010 or or 2011, and we were both at SiriusXM at the time. And like any business, like any any industry, there's some good guys and there's some bad guys. You have always been one of the good guys. You always uh, had me on on your shows, brought me into the studio, um, pr- promoted what I was doing on social media, and uh, your sport, your time at Sports Illustrated, us working together here has been has been excellent. I loved what we did with this podcast this year. I, I, we're gonna miss having you on our team, but we also want to say. Uh, best of luck in your next venture because you're definitely one of the good, great guys in this industry. And, and anytime that uh, the good guys are having success, that that makes uh, all of us feel a lot better. So congratulations on your new role, but you will be missed. Thank you very much. I appreciate 100%. that. I just want to chime in. You will be missed, bro. And I, and I don't know what I'm going to I don't know what I'm going to do without you, especially, you know, here at the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast, because. You were literally the one dude that could keep me and Bill from pulling a Miles Garrett swimming <laughs> each other at certain points during the football year. So I, you know, in, in all joking aside, you're one of the best, bro, and I wish you all the best. And like I said to you know Bill, Bill, you know, put it and surmise it 100. You will be missed. No doubt. Well, thank you very much. That's kind of why I planned this one for the very end. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to go out with you two fellas, with Bill and Frankie. You know what I'm saying? Definitely two of the best in the biz. And we've been doing it for a long time. And we came over here just about together. Uh, you know, back towards the uh the latter part, mid to mid to latter part of 2019. And now it's time to move forward. But listen, I still got my phone number. You know what I'm saying? We're not gonna be working together, but I'm not gonna be dead. <laughs> Good thing for I, that. I, I know that you're gonna be owning a digital either DAC or CD Lamb very soon. And we're going to be talking about you and maybe even writing a story when that thing's worth like 150K. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice one right there. So for my guys, for Bill and Frankie's Corey Parson, the fantasy executive bull market fantasy presented by DraftKings, we are out.